Welcome to the 34th Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure. Take the adventure with us. With us. With us. With us. And welcome back to the 34 Circe Salon. This is the Parallax Channel, and I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. We are going to be doing uh, another chapter in the Iliad in our Classical Studies 101 series. Once again, if you are listening to this on a platform, podcast platform of some sort, please be sure to give us a lovely rating and some great comments. It always helps us get the word out about what we're doing here. Today, we're going to be doing Chapter 7 of the Iliad, and we can't do that without the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. Great to be back today. Listen to the cheers of that crowd. Uh, how, how nice is that? Well, Gary, tell us about Chapter 7. Give us a, maybe an overview and jump right in. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> chapter 7 is where uh, Homer talks more about the actual bloody war of the Iliad, the Trojan War. And uh, as I have been doing, I just read the brief little synopsis that was published by Harvard um, uh, by their 1883 translation by uh, Andrew Lang, Walter Leaf, and, and Ernest Myers. So their brief little <clears throat> synopsis goes, Book uh, 7, uh, on the single combat between Aos, Aos, I mean, which is actually Homer's name for Ajax, uh, and Hector. And Hector, you know, uh, Ajax is this uh, huge uh, warrior of the Greeks. So is that and, just the pronun- – you're saying that's the actual pronunciation of it? We should be saying well, the actual. Actually, they spell it differently. They spell it in English uh, A-I-A-S. Mm-hmm. So I, I pronounce it Ios. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, to be honest. Right, right. But it's just it's different than what we are used to with Ajax. Okay. So. Well, it, it it people translate it to Ajax, and then you know, of course, um, you know, everybody's heard of Ajax. There's even Ajax cleanser. Well, that's what I was like. going to say. So that's the cleanser, exactly. The powerful yeah, yeah, cleanser. Ajax cleanser. You know, um, and. Um, so the, the name is much more prominent today as Ajax. And then Hector, you know, is the son of the king and queen of uh, Troy, and he's the chief defender of Troy. He's the chief hero of the of the Trojans, just like Achilles is the chief hero of, of the Greeks. Right. But Ajax, uh, but see, during this sequence, uh, Achilles is refusing to fight, and so the Greeks got to uh, rely on a different hero. So it says uh, of of the combat between, uh, and essentially, Ajax and Hector, and of all the burying of the dead, and of the building of a wall about the uh, Achaean or the Greek ships. So that's that's the uh, brief little synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm going to go to the translation I've been using of the Iliad by Robert Fagels, which I think is is uh, one of the more uh, lyrical, if not totally accurate, translations. But I, I think it's 
uh, I, I think it's really a nice one. Can you say just a, a little bit more about that translation? I don't know if we've if we've said much about it since the very beginning. Why do you like it, and what makes it special to you? Uh, it, it's just uh, I think well translated. His word choice is really good, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and he he brings out the I think in English. Uh, of course, you know, you always have the famous lost in translation, you know, between, uh, you know, ancient Greek and, uh, and, and modern English. Right. But I think that uh, Fagels does a nice job of presenting the grandeur of, of uh, you know, Homer's language. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, he starts out, he calls the chapter, he has titles for the chapter in English. And so book seven or chapter seven, uh, he just calls it Ajax duels with Hector. So he uses the word Ajax, not Ios. Mm-hmm. Well, and that so would be clearer, obviously, to most of us, because this is a, you said, 1990s translation? Yes. Right, so that makes sense. Yeah, and so he's going with a more you know, prevalent, uh, you know, uh, understanding, which I, th- I think is, is good, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is actually a, a 1990 copyright of, a, of a, this translation. And so it, he starts out and he says, vaunting a flash in arms, Hector swept through the gates, meaning the gates of Troy, with his brother Paris, keeping uh, pace beside him. Both men bent on combat. On they fought like wind when the god sends down some Welcome blast to sailors deprived, desperate for it, and so on. Uh, and so, uh, and then they attacked the Greeks and says, each one killed his man. Paris uh, took down Menestheus. Hector slashed Ionis's throat with a sharp spear, ripped him under the helmet's hammered bronze rim. Again, he's emphasizing bronze because. Uh, you know, Homer is writing in the Iron Age, but he keeps specifying bronze because the Trojan War took place in the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. But he says he, he sliced his throat with spear, his legs collapsed in death. And uh, so, and then he talks about rampaging Trojans. So they, they're leading rampaging Trojans on. Yes, but soon fiery eyed Athena, who supports the Greeks, marked them killing the Greek ranks and it's all out of salt. Down she rushed from the peaks of Mount Olympus, you know, the, the home of the gods and where King Zeus, uh, Zeus, the king of the gods, uh, uh, holds forth. She went straight for sacred Troy. But Apollo, spotting her from Pergamus's, Pergamus is another uh, mountaintop, from Pergamus's heights, the god grim set on victory for the Trojans rose to intercept her as the two came face to face besides the great oak. Now, this, this oak tree is outside the, the main gate, the, what's called the Skian Gate of Troy. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh, Athena and Apollo like to go there, you know. <laughs> and uh, what's fun for me is I made a pilgrimage to Troy in uh, 2004. And um, although it's not the same oak, but there was a, a big oak tree there, and I got a leaf from the tree as a souvenir. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, because it reminded me of this great hoax that Homer keeps talking about. Did the Turkish government confiscate it from you and make you? No, I managed to sneak it out. Uh, about to say, I, maybe we should uh, publish this podcast in Turkey. You might not be able to get back in. Yeah, maybe not. But I, I don't want to go to Turkey right now anyhow because of the dictator there. Um, well, for our, as you know, for our excursions, uh, I, we may, we are going to have to uh, at some point. So I may have yeah, to, uh, and, and I want draft to you, draft you into that, Gary, when we go. <clears> yes, I, the, I'd uh, like to actually. So. Okay, but, so you, so. So uh, any, 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 a uh-huh. friend of mine, I just want to say a friend of mine gold sure. leafed that leaf for me and I framed it. It looks beautiful. And so I think I have a pretty unique souvenir from Troy. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, that is. But uh, so, so Athena anyhow, and Apollo, you were saying Athena and Apollo were yeah. So anyhow, they came face to face besides the uh, the great oak, and um, <clears throat> so Apollo was confronting her and so on, and then he says, "Let us halt the war and the heat of combat now, at least for today. They'll fight again tomorrow." And so Athena's eyes lit up, and the goddess said, "So be it, archer of the sky." Apollo is known as a a great archer, you know shooting his mm-hmm. bows and arrows. Uh, and uh, much, much like his sister, his twin yes. sister, mm-hmm. Artemis. And um, uh, and then uh, Apollo's talking about Hector. And he says, we'll spur his nerve and strength, the breaker of horses. And he'll challenge, in other words, this is what they're doing. And he'll challenge one of the Greeks man to man, and they will do in bloody combat to the death. So in other words, Apollo and Athena, excuse me, Apollo being the god of music, light, and, uh, you know, the arts, basically, and uh, Athena being the goddess, uh, you know, of uh, defensive war, you know. And um, that's why she's always depicted wearing a helmet and, uh, an armor and carrying a shield and spear, you know, and um, so uh, anyhow. So now let, let's stop for a co- second. A couple of questions for you. So uh, let, I'm going to jump back to earlier. So first, you talk about so Hector and Paris come storming out, fighting right, and take out their opponents. Yeah, they're, they're setting up. They're setting up this great duel between the two heroes. Well, both what, what I think is interesting is you talk about uh, what you read was that Paris was actually battling pretty well, was actually. He, he was. Uh, he wasn't a total coward, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it, it was interesting because you've mentioned him many times calling him a coward. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Here's Paris standing up, being tough, you know, you know, showing some guts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so here's to Paris. Let's give him a little uh, little applause. Paris going out there and fighting. Now, Athena and Apollo, I always find this fun with the gods in this great epic. It's they're almost, you know, they're like coaches. They're like fans. They're on the side. Yeah. You know, here's Apollo saying, I'm going to get my guy's going to get out there and knock your guy out, punch your guy right in the nose, knock him down. Um, so they're on different sides, Apollo and Athena, correct? They are yes. rooting for different sides. Athena is the champion of the Achaeans. Correct, the Greeks yeah, or the and Greeks. Apollo. Yes. Apollo is root, is rooting for the Trojans. Uh, maybe he's the bo- call them yeah. boosters, you yeah. know, for each side. Yeah. So it's interesting. So wow, now we've got them coming down, and they're they're supporting their sides and they're supporting their warriors. And what a what a fun 
sad because we're, we're talking about the bloody warfare, but kind of fun and interesting way to look at the gods taking sides and rooting for these for these two factions, these two groups, these two tribes. So, please continue. Yeah, you know, Athena's supposed to be the goddess of wisdom, but she's not being too wise here in my book because she mm -hmm. wants to spur on bloody war, you know? Right, right. And um, she's supposed to be the goddess of defensive war, not offensive war, but here she's being offensive. And again, they're they're pulling for their sides. They're ready to throw in and see what happens. So before the, the duel takes place, get this, uh, the gods can uh, transform themselves. And uh, so it says, um, uh, you know, when they, when, when Hector, you know, they, they, they challenge him. I mean, you know, they, they have their goddess ways of connecting with him and they challenge him. And it says, when Hector heard the challenge, he rejoiced and, uh, and right in his uh, no man's land along his lines, he strode, gripping a spear mid shaft staving men to a standstill while Agamemnon seated his Greeks geared for combat. And, and here, I think it's very interesting, it says, and Apollo, lord of the silver bow, he has a silver bow, and Queen Athena, for all the world like carrion birds, in other words, they transform themselves into vultures, which I think mm. is interesting. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they settle atop the towering oak to watch the duel together. What, a, what an amazing image. That's an amazing image. And it I, really I, is. And it's Homer conveying to us what really, I mean, I think it's a really interesting uh, description that evokes what warfare is really about. It's it's watch, it's waiting for the, the flesh to die, the carrion to be there, for people to go and feast off the dead. War for the outsider is feasting off the dead for the for the interested party is what it seems like. And it's an it's a powerful image. It's an incredible image. Yeah, so anyhow, um they um uh you know this this oak is sacred to Zeus, by the way, the king of the gods, mm -hmm. you know. And uh so anyhow, uh and so the the uh, the two sides, the Trojans and the Greeks, they sit down to watch the duel. So they're sitting around the dueling area. And then Hector rose and spoke uh, to both sides. He says, hear me, Trojans, Greeks, geared for combat. I'll speak out what the heart inside me urges. Our oaths, our sworn truce, Zeus, the son of Kronos, throned in the clouds, has brought them all to nothing. And all the father, meaning Zeus, decrees his death for both sides at once until you Greeks seize the well-built towers of Troy or you yourselves are crushed against your ships. But now let's, let's see the best of the Greeks fill your ranks. So he challenges the Greeks to send out their hero and they can't send out Achilles because he's refusing to fight. Mm -hmm. And it says... Um, uh, you know, but if I kill him, meaning the uh, the Greek hero, and Apollo grants me glory, I'll strip his gear and haul it back to sacred Troy and hang it high on the deadly uh, archer, meaning Apollo's temple walls. Apparently, that's what they did when they defeated a great enemy, you know? Mm -hmm. 
They would hang the armor up. And in fact, uh, ancient Greeks depicted armor being hung up in temples. So they actually did that sort of thing, apparently, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, he says, and then for the uh, dead he- Greek hero, he says, well, heap his barrel high, barrel meaning a mound, high on the broad Hellespont. And the Hellespont is the uh, what what the uh, Turks call the Dardanelles today, but the Greeks call it the Hellespont. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a seaway or waterway between the Aegean Sea and the Black Sea. Yeah, I wish we could uh, put a map up. Uh, maybe we can get something for this episode as that could be sort of our map. But there's there's so much. But yes, it's a it's a, a you know an ancient and much talked about waterway. So he says that they'll they'll heap up a mound such that a high barrel that someday one will say uh, and and men to come steering their oar-swept ships across the wine-dark sea. So he uses that beautiful phrase, Mm wine-dark sea. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, uh, me and my co-author, Phoebe Kahn, we used that title when we wrote a book, uh, you know, a novel about Helen of Troy. I'd like to give a little plug here for it called Helen, the Wine Dark Sea, uh, which uh, most people who have read it uh, really enjoy it. It's a novel. We're going to, we're planned uh, on our other channel with Dawn to perhaps do an episode on that. So we'll talk to you about that, uh, to go through well, that, that novel. That would be great. I really appreciate that. Um, and so anyhow, and then Hector goes on. Uh, that it'll be a mound of a man who died in the old days so that one of the brave whom the glorious Hector killed, he's talking about himself now, you know? Mm -hmm. So they will say someday, my fame will never die. So um, in Homer and his heroes, fame is the all-important thing that they get through their uh, bravery and valor in in combat. And that's all-important to the the Greek warriors at the time get their fame, you know. And um, and it says a hushed silence went through all the Greek ranks. Uh, and uh, but anyhow, uh, so the <clears throat> but um, you know the the gods on high, uh, you know, w- wish this combat to take place, and so that's that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and um, so Agamemnon, uh, you know, Menelaus, the brother of Agamemnon, the one that Helen was married to, and she's queen of Sparta, he starts to accept a challenge. But Agamemnon, his brother and high king of Greece, uh, says, you're mad, my prince. No need for such outbursts. Get a grip on yourself. Says even, and he says this. I don't believe it, but he says even Achilles dreads to take uh, to pin himself against him, meaning Hector. I, I don't believe that, but that's what Agamemnon says. Mm-hmm. So he says we'll put up another champion to go against Hector, <clears throat> and uh, and so and then uh, Homer mentions again the Iron Warrior brought his brother around. Well, Homer makes a reference to iron because he's in the Iron Age, but. Uh, you know the as I said before, the Trojan War took place in the Bronze Age. Well, it certainly seems that it's 
perhaps because it's being relayed in the Iron Age, you hear the many references to the bronze. So that could be the echoing of the earlier forms of the story or the story, or what's been transmitted to Homer. And then also now he's telling it within his own era. It is interesting that he does point out the bronze often, as you say, which does point back to the, the earlier uh, tales that this story came from. You know, when people question whether the veracity of the story or whether it was a basis of an actual war, it is interesting that Homer references bronze that much. And I think that's a good sign and a good indication of how early it evolved, not something that some yeah. people say just was created from whole cloth by him. Yeah, good point, because uh, that's been charged that the whole these whole stories, the Iliad and Odyssey are complete fiction and I don't believe it, and neither is other famous people like uh, Heinrich Schliemann, who found the city of Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Troy was a real place, in other words, you know? Right, right, indeed. So anyhow, this goes on with uh, old King Nestor, uh, the king of uh, Pylos or Pylos and the Peloponnesus. Um, he, uh, you know, he's urging the Greeks to send out a champion so the old man taunts brought nine men to their feet. Well, nine is a, a sacred number that I've, I've discovered in my uh, sacred symbolic number system that uh, Homer uses. Right, and we like have nine, for, nine. There's nine muses of creative inspiration. Well, we have uh, episodes on the scaries. Uh, we talked about the sacred number in some earlier episodes. Yeah, I just uh, want to so look back on it, folks, so you can so just want to give more. a plug for this uh, concept, which. Right. Uh, Ambassador Demetrius Cyrus, uh, now Greece's ambassador in England, he, he endorses my thesis. He thinks that I, I, I did discover that there is a sacred symbolic number system, which is consistent with ancient Greek belief. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um, so a bunch of them are, are buying to do it. Uh, Agamemnon, uh, Tydides, and Diomedes that we talked about before. And then Great and Little Ajax, you know, they all want to, you know, they're, they're all eager to to fight against Hector. Um, so, uh, and Marionis, another one, and so on. So mm-hmm. get this, they they decide who's going to do it by a lottery. You can imagine. Boy, so, straw. You know, each, each one, uh, it says, each, each one scratched his mark on a stone and threw it into... Agamemnon's helmet. I said short straw. Of course, that would have been if they didn't want it, but still, okay. So they they shake the helmet, and out pops uh, Ajax's stone. Hmm. So Ajax is going to be the hero. And so, uh, and then it says, "So great Ajax vaunted, and the men prayed to uh, King Zeus." They'd called out, scanning the white sky, Father Zeus, rolling over all of us from Mount Ida, God of greatness and glory. Now let Ajax take his victory, shining triumph. But if you love Hector, and if you hold him dear, at least give both men equal strength and glory. So they prayed as Ajax harnessed himself with burnished, gleaming bronze. Again, he's emphasizing bronze, Mm -hmm. you know. And he strapped his legs and chest in armor. Uh, and he, uh, there's a term for this. Uh, it's a whole, uh, which I can't remember right now, but a term for this whole sequence of arming yourself for battle. Mm-hmm. 
that the Greeks had. And uh, so it was a very important thing to them. And, uh, and so he marched like a great god of battle, waiting into the wars of men. When Zeus drives him hard to clash and soldier with heart-devouring hate. So great Ajax marched the bulwark of the Greeks with a grim smile, with his shaggy brows and everything, you know, so. And so um, Ajax strode on, closing, bearing his huge body shield like a rampart, heavy bronze over seven layers of oxide. Now, seven is another sacred number. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, made by this uh, Tycheus, a lettersmith, and so on. Famous gleaming shield for Ajax. And so uh, Ajax marched right up to Hector, threatening with his deep, resounding voice, Hector, now you'll learn once and for all, in combat, man to man, what kind of champions range the Greek ranks, even besides Achilles, that Lionheart who mauls battalions wholesale. So he says, come, lead on if you can, with all your fighting power. A flash of his helmet and rangy Hector shook his head, and so he responds. Ajax, royal son of Telamon, captain of armies, don't toy with me like a puny, weak-kneed boy or a woman never manned in the, tra- never trained in the works of war. War? I know it well. In the butchery of men, well I know. Shift to the left, shift to the right. My tough tan shield, that's what the real drill is. Defensive fighting means to me. I know it all. How to charge in the rush of plunging horses. How to stand and fight to the finish. Twist and lunge in the war god's deadly dance. On guard. So then he hurls his spear at Ajax and the sticks in Ajax's shield. But he says the seven layers stopped it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then great Ajax next hurled his spear and it flew, and the shaft hit Hector's round shield full center, straight through the gleaming hide. The heavy bronze drove, ripping down and through the breastplate. In other words, it, it got to his breastplate on his mm-hmm. body, uh, tearing the war shirt even, close by Hector's flesh. But it still, Hector swerved aside and missed, it missed uh, you know, hurting him. So they went for each other like lions rending flesh, a pair of wild boars whose power never flags. Hector stabbed and so on. And they keep lunging back and forth. Uh, his strong hand befitting. A, so And then uh, Ajax looks up this uh, huge stone. He says that, that 10 other men couldn't lift. Uh, and uh, throws it at, uh, you know, at, at, at Hector and knock, mm-hmm. knocks, knocks Hector down and so on, you know. And um, so any, anyhow, the, the battle goes on. Um, and, uh, you know, and probably Hector would have lost, but you never know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so uh, anyhow, get this. Uh, the, the the gods decide to call a halt to the duel for some reason, and so they uh, they said you know uh, they're, they're going to call a halt to the duel and Hector, 
So Ajax answered quickly, wait, it is. Tell Hector here to call the truce. Mad for a fight. He challenged our, all our bravest. Let him lead off. I'll take his lead. You'll see. In other words, he's agreeing to uh, to what Apollo wants and, and Athena to uh, stop the duel so they don't kill each other. And so Hector nodded and says, yes, Ajax. Since God has given you power, build, and sense, and you are the strongest spearman of the Greeks, let us break off this dueling to the death, at least for today. We'll fight again tomorrow. And so... So they call a timeout. They call a timeout. And then Hector says, come, let us give each other gifts, unforgettable gifts. So they're going to give each other gifts as part wow. of the uh, stopping the duel, which I find to be... Uh, you know, very unusual and intriguing. Really, yeah, strange. And it's a, clearly a, a sense of the ancient warriors appreciating each other, I suppose. Yeah, so, and Hector says, uh, I'll, I'll give you a silver-studded sword, and so on. And Ajax gave uh, Hector his war belt, glistening purple. So both men parted, Ajax back to the Greek armies, Hector back to the thronging Trojans who were overjoyed to see him still alive, unharmed and striding back, free of the rage and hands of Ajax. Mm -hmm. And so then it goes on to talk about the aftermath where, uh, you know, they they go back to respective sites. And um, and then King Nestor speaks again. He says to uh, Agamemnon, King Agamemnon, chief of all the Greeks, how many long-haired Achaeans here lie dead? And now Ares, the slicing god of war, has swirled their dark blood and Scamander, that's a river near there, deep clear stream. Their souls have drifted down to the house of death. Uh, so at dawn you must call a halt to the fighting uh, and gather up the dead and wheel the corpses back with mules and oxen and then give them a decent burial. That's, we'll burn the bodies so every soldier here can carry back their bones to a dead man's sons, he sails for home again. Let us heap a single great barrel over the pyre, the funeral pyre. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one great communal grave stretched out across the plain, and fronting it, throwing up looming ramparts quickly, a landward wall for ships and troops. So then they, they build this wall between the ships and the uh, Trojans, mm-hmm. a defensive wall, and then they dig a trench in, in front of it. And uh, so that, in order to, to protect them more, you know. Okay, so we're actually coming up against our. And basically, that that's the end of, of the uh, thing, you know. Oh, perfect. Then, so the so the wall was built, and we're ready for the next the next battle. The next, they took their time out. They took a break, and now the next battle is going to ensue. Um, but so that's chapter- different, as we mm-hmm. discussed uh, from the movie Troy that had Hector actually killing Ajax. Exactly. Very different. And we talked about that in the movie, uh, which listeners won't have heard yet, but we're going to come to the movie after this episode. Um, yes. I do want to thank, of course, Dr. Gary Stickle. Thank you, Gary, for <laughs> guiding us on Chapter 7. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it. And uh, I want to thank all of our listeners here on the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax. We are doing Classical Studies 101. This is, this has been episode seven. We will, uh, chapter seven, sorry, of the Iliad. We'll be doing chapter eight next.
Thanks you. Thank you for listening. Thanks again and take care.